It had been a little over a year now since the massive explosion that changed the face of the planet. I suppose that you could call this year one of a new time period, since it was a major event that marked a new era. We have settled into the community, becoming a little more at ease with the environment we have become accustomed to. I am personally afraid that because there have been no problems of late, that we will accidentally let our guard down. With that feeling driving me, I decided that we needed to temporarily leave the community to remember how the real world has become. I suggested to the others that we should make an expedition trip as a group to search for other survivors and to stock up on supplies further out. The others agreed, deciding to leave a week later. We found a large recreational vehicle that slept for comfortably in bunk beds. It had a small kitchen, dining area, television room. Even though the TV was useless, it gave us more room to be comfortable. A small restroom and a large bathroom with a jacuzzi tub. Up front, there was a bench seat behind the driver and passenger seats that sat three regular-sized people. I realized that it seems a bit much, but I wanted the extra space just in case we actually did come across other survivors. Jessie had us promise that we would let her interview any people that might be potential residents for the community because of her training in interrogation. We agreed, so long as she did not treat them like an enemy soldier. The day we left out, it was a mild, sunny day. By the time we made it to Arizona, the rainy season returned with a vengeance. We saw firsthand the pinkish-blue glow in the clouds. At one point, we had to pull over as hail began to fall pretty heavily. The small quarter-sized chunks of ice that settled on the ground were mainly blue in color. If you looked really close, it was almost like they were alive. Tiny pink lines like veins moved through them like pulsing lightning. The ones that struck trees in the distance turned into little balls of fire on contact. The fires they created grew in size, appearing to devour the trees, eventually diminishing like the fire never existed. A sweet smell slowly started to come in the vents which Jesse and I immediately closed tightly. We even had the others hunt down a roll of electric tape from the many drawers. We commenced to completely cover the vents, window edges, and around the doors leading to the outside with electric tape. Might seem drastic, but we were taking no chances with whatever that weird aroma was that the storm was producing. About an hour later, the storm had completely moved to the west of us. We got back on the road traveling until we neared Phoenix. We had absolutely no plans whatsoever of entering a large city with likely massive numbers of fallen. Finding an RV park, we pulled over to get some rest. We carefully opened the doors, leaving the tape as best we could in case another storm should arise. Everyone got out to stretch for a couple of minutes from the long drive. I just saw someone use a lighter over in that bus, 
Starlet pointed over towards a school bus the rest of us hadn't really noticed, about thirty feet away. Are you certain? Jessie asked. Yes, of course. She's right. Look close. Someone is smoking. Star and David, back inside. Amy and Sam, keep an eye on them, please. Everyone else, let's go pay them a visit. Might not be friendlies, so keep your guard up. I slowly started walking towards the bus. The others all followed closely behind. There were times when I knew someone had to lead. This was one such occasion. To the right of the bus were laying two men who had been shot in the head. Resting my hand on the grip of my pistol, ready to be drawn in an instant if necessary, I lightly knocked on the main door near the front of the bus.